0: Thank you for spending your time with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. What do watching Christmas Hallmark movies mm-hmm. have to do with nachos? Nothing. You're right, but we we talked about them both.
1: That's true, two separate things on this, um, podcast. On this version, yeah.
0: And yeah. honestly, what do you mean nothing? You could you could munch a bowl of nachos while watching a Hallmark movie. Cinnamon nachos? <laughs> it's more christmasy that way, I guess. My name is Rochelle and that is Carter over oh, there. Hello. And we are here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast.
1: Why are we talking like this? Just
0: so that people will know why we call it the Anything But Quiet Time podcast.
1: Because we cannot be quiet when we have good
0: news. We must not be silent. We will go tell it on the mountain. I will not
1: go into that night, nay.
0: Please, I'm so sorry. I I don't know where this... Honestly, I only drank the one... No, I had two cups of coffee.
1: Okay, all right. Well, I'm 17. Uh, you know, one thing that we were talking about is uh, it's very important into life.
0: Uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, those are important. Why I have a beef with Hallmark Christmas movies? No, you don't have a beef. You have a sweatshirt that says, "This is my Hallmark Christmas movie watching sweater."
1: I cannot deny, uh, but I have noticed that there's a pattern.
0: <laughs> have you noticed that they're all kind of the same? <laughs> yes. Yet? I okay. This Even is- the titles are the same. Christmas mistletoe, uh huh. Mistletoe Christmas, Christmas prince, mistletoe prince. Yep. See, that it's cracker all,
1: mistletoe prince. That it's just all at Christmas. It's like a KFC bowl, just all that stuff wrapped up into one little. <laughs> all our ingredients in but one what thing. What is your beef? I cannot stand that the the new love interest does not eavesdrop long enough. Now let me explain. You know that every movie, the main character is female, and she's just the best person on earth, and she has to leave the city to come back to a small town because for some reason.
0: she has to give up her childhood dream in order to maintain the failing family Th- business. That's a
1: good plot line. That's exactly yes. right. And you know who she left in New York? The ex-fiance. Schmancy guy. That's exactly right. Well, then she gets to small town and she starts to fall in love with the guy that she used to know. Bumpkin guy. Well, yeah, he's, he's at least a good handyman. And then the by the end of the movie, the ex-fiance comes back and tries to win her back.
0: I can't live without you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then Bumpkin, as you put it, comes around the corner, accidentally runs into that conversation. Oh,
0: Oh, they love each other.
1: And then decides to walk away. (laughs) That's him walking away. And then right after, of course, he walks away, then the main character tells the ex-fiance from the city.
0: I've never loved you the way I love Bumpkin, man.
1: That's that's exactly right. Um, And then following (laughs) that nursery rhyme, um, then she finds him by the end of the movie on Christmas Eve. It starts to snow. What does she tell him?
0: I've always loved you, Bumpkin guy.
1: That's exactly right. And she has adapted to the, yeah, the Bumpkin she's gone ways from as the well. British accent. That's, that's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, if the Bumpkin guy eavesdropped for longer, right. then he would have known, but he gets all hurt and runs away. Why
0: are you having a beef with something that has been, it's never claimed to not be predictable. That's a good point. I'm just saying, if I wanted non-predictable, I would cook more food. You yeah. Actually, no. That is predictable. I always end up calling the fire department. When if you I cook, so. if you
1: don't listen to the KSBJ morning show, Rochelle's a terrible, terrible cook, and she admits is it. Is that
0: what you're going over in your quiet time? By no. the way,
1: no. Well, I have been praying for you in my quiet time. <laughs> Ah, Are you
0: bringing this up?
1: Cooking ways. Okay. Now, somebody um, just really at church the other day. It was if you're a task-oriented person like I am, I just want to make sure to do everything the best possible way that I can. And you know, some of it's you know filled with truth. Some of it's filled with lies. You know, being a good steward and and respecting you know the situation at work or anything that God's given me. But then it can go into. I have to do this, mm-hmm. otherwise God won't love me or people won't love me or whatever I turn into in the back of my mind. Which
0: we know on paper is not true. Yeah. However, some, somewhere between the paper and uh, the bu- the busyness of a stressful day or maybe a stressful year or stressful situation, yeah. suddenly we do switch over from we know what's true— do I have to do these things in order to be approved by God or loved by God? Or I
1: think some of those scriptures, uh, you know, whether it be about laziness or about falling away or anything like that, I, I take it to maybe even, I don't know, too literally or what would you'd consider it, but... I'm like, every possible day, it's just like, if I don't get an, I'll just put an an A on the test, I must not be doing everything in my power to make sure that I don't fail. Mm. And um, I was really, somebody, somebody brought this up at church, and it's in Luke 10, and you might know the story of Mary and Martha. Um, Jesus comes in, in the house, and, of course, Martha is the doer. She's the
0: task-oriented person. She's getting dinner ready. She has a million things to do, and it's for a good reason. Yes, she wants to make a good meal, a good impression. Yeah. She wants to serve, which clearly Jesus has given instruction on the subject matter of yeah. serving, and to love each other as the way you wish to be loved. And, obviously, Mar- Martha wants to be loved by her sister Mary. Mm-hmm. By Mary serving her, because yeah. that's the way she loves people. But.
1: And and I and I think even to 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 compound on what I said earlier, you know, talking about serving. I guess I even go to a place of, well, if I'm not serving or doing enough good things, what if I'm not a Christian? I mean, even those things will circle your mind that I have to do enough service. And so I, maybe Martha was somebody like that. She obviously is is uh, most famous in the Bible for this specific well, thing. You with,
0: were a Boy Scout, by the way. Yes, you were a Boy Scout, and it works on merit badges
1: to be prepared. To to be morally straight. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> you don't
0: remember. <laughs> Clearly, you didn't earn that merit badge. <laughs> but, but honestly, those kinds of things. I mean, we're taught from a young age, you will receive privileges when you've earned them. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I understand where all that comes from. Yeah. But Jesus basically told us, no, no. See, I, I give grace, and that's something you cannot earn. In fact, it's a gift you don't even deserve. Well, case in point, it's
1: Luke 10... Uh, verse 41. Well, of course, in verse 40 is kind of when it starts. And uh, it says Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. She interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister, Mary, left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Yeah. And you can imagine, I can imagine to this day, somebody may be a little sassy. Hey, You think it's fair that Mary's sitting here doing nothing?
0: Oh, I get exasperated. Yeah. Absolutely. We all get exasperated with our kids if they don't put the dishes away or whatever. And honestly, that may be warranted frustration. However, what does Jesus say?
1: Verse 41. And I love his kind response, too. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's life-giving. The pressure's off.
0: It is. I, I hear that, and I think, but. Uh-huh. I, I think the same thing. If I, I was think. Martha, I'd be like, but. But. Who's going to do it if I don't do it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. Because I'm going to say, and I guess that's maybe you go back to the point where Jesus provided food for thousands, you know, but I I think about it even like a, say like a job, you know, I'm going to pray that God will get me a job, Mm -hmm. but don't I have to apply for jobs and get my resume together? Absolutely, Right. And so I guess I just think if I'm Martha, I think you're exactly right. That's the question I was going to ask. Okay. But are we going to eat? Like, and maybe she was distracted by things to just go along with the dinner. It's really not specific, but um, I I just I think that's what I would ask. Okay, that sounds nice. But, yeah, who's going to do it if I mean, are you guys hungry or
0: not? It really does come down to trusting Jesus in this scenario and in all of the scenarios where we don't quite know the whole story. True. We didn't see the hours of preparation ahead of time. We don't know if Mary was going off into a field somewhere and not doing squat to help her sister. We don't know. Mm-hmm. She may have actually been there shoulder to shoulder, and Martha was just having a really tear into her sister kind of day. I don't know, but Jesus did. And so we, if we, can we trust Jesus? Have we learned from our own education with him as, our, uh, as someone we follow and have committed our lives to? Can, have we learned that we can trust him? And even if you're at that place of like, I still don't know that yet. I've given my life to Jesus, but I'm in a place right now of a lot of questionable stuff. And I don't, I don't know if I've given him full trust. Mm. I read the scripture and I see that we can, because even when the disciples did not know what was going to happen from point A to point B at the end of the story that they have with them, they were willing to give their lives for Jesus who so willingly gave them his life on the cross. So if we can trust Jesus, then we can trust that he knew what was best in that moment with Martha. He looked at her, could see straight into her and know that she was not putting the best foot forward that day. She was maybe letting her emotions get away with away with her. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. Yeah. And in that moment, you said something the other day, in that moment of getting stressed out or whatever, I'm in the kitchen and I'm preparing the food and I'm seeing other people enjoy it instead of looking at them like, why aren't they over here, I need to reflect on how important they are to me, how much I love them and it flip-flops my perspective. It takes me to that positive place that Jesus wants me to live in.
1: I think another thing that I just have trouble with is is well I mean that's that's the point right is is earning it you know and it's like, well God I I have to have some role here, right or God I, I think the lie that comes about is God God doesn't love me enough. Uh, to do everything for me and to uh, like, I have to do something. Otherwise he won't love me mm-hmm. or love me as much or whatever. Yeah. And I was really struck with this because, you know, uh, we even talked before on the podcast about, I believe God can, but do I believe God will? Mm-hmm. And in in Matthew 8, this is what I'm going through, just the words of Jesus. And a a leper came, you know, somebody with the skin disease. Uh, he came up and he said, threw himself down before him in worship, before Jesus in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. And it just really struck me. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, of course, I want to heal you. Be healed. Mm -hmm. And just the fact of that, you know, and I know that we even talked about that Jesus will give us uh, not always what we want, but give us what we need. And so I know there's different dealings with struggles and mm-hmm. temptations and diseases and everything, but just his response does so much for me. Of course I want to. Mm-hmm. He loves us that much that all that guy did was come to him in faith and say, if you want to, you can heal me. And I mean, obviously I think his, Jesus knows the heart, but even the way he said it, I know you have the power to heal me. He just said that as fact. And then said, if you want to. yeah. And Jesus kindly says, of course. And, and so you talk about a guy like the leper. You talk about a, a woman like Mary who just doesn't really have anything to offer in that moment. And Jesus is just there for him. Mm-hmm. And I think just as a, the, if you're into the Enneagram, the personality test and all that, I'm a three.
0: Oh, I don't know what that means.
1: All right, well, it's, it's, there's these numbers that are based on your personality and a lot of people are into it. I'm an achiever mentality. Okay. And so just g- going back to... I, I have to achieve something if Jesus is going to if anybody is going to love me. And so I think this kind of stuff just baffles my mind. Yeah. Really? But yeah. but it's
0: truth. Yeah, it is truth. I'm reading about how there is nothing that you can do in 1 Corinthians. I was reading about how okay, it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile. It is your faith through Jesus Christ that saves you. And how important the faith of that man to come over to Jesus and just kind of lay it all out there and say, listen, if you want to, I know you can. Mm-hmm. How pivotal faith is in those moments, how our faith can affect not only our lives, but our faith has impact on others. And I, yeah, I love that. But I, yes, I'm reading um, 1 Corinthians right now. It was the 12th chapter where it was kind of going over how important each body part is in the body of Christ. And instead of putting it like that with my little boy, I called him over. I said, "Hey, Caleb, come here," because I don't know if he'd go oh, body part like my my elbow. I'm an elbow, you know. He's, <laughs> he's ten, so it could go anywhere. You just never know.
1: He's well. He's the funny bone. He's the funny bone. Yeah,
0: uh, but and I don't know why he acted like he, he's actually very witty and smart, and he doesn't go. Oh,
1: it sounds like that guy from that Hallmark movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bumpkin gun. <laughs> Caleb's super smart, and I I really enjoy spending time with him. He was playing his video game. And it was a sports game, and I was asking him about it. And I said, well, who's the most important player? And he gave me a name. I couldn't tell you what it was. Nope. He gave me the name of his most important player. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you about. And then I started going through all of the people that make a sports day mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. A game day so we're talking not just the players on the field, but there's the people behind the scenes, not even just the coaches and stuff, but I'm talking about the people who clean the arena, the people who make sure that the grass is just so, all of this stuff.
1: How about the nacho people? The nacho people. Those are important people.
0: Super important. And I, and so I related to the scripture that talks about each member of God's body is so important to and so important. And one may feel like it's lesser than the other, but my goodness, it said, what if an eye one day said, well, I want to smell or, you know, something else. You yeah. know? It's mismatched. That won't work. God needs us to know how important that we are. And w- maybe nobody else sees the nacho guy. Maybe nobody else sees the lawn guy for our beautiful stadium with the Houston Texans, you know. But I'll tell you who does see him. J.J. Watt sees him. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that, that grass is trimmed just so, so he's not stumbling out on the field. He's doing a good job, you know. And I, I think it's so important that my son heard that lesson because I don't know that he knows how important his role is that God has established him in. Why? Because he said yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to God and his purposes for your life, he is going to weave it together for his good. He's got a plan for your life set, and it's a good And nobody else may notice. His best friends may not notice. Even his mom and dad are going to fail him. but. The one who will never fail him is Jesus. And then it goes straight into the first Corinthians chapter 13. It's one of my favorite chapters. And it talks about what true love is. And true love does not fail. And first John chapter four, it tells us that God is love. So whenever you see the word love, you kind of substitute it for God's God's son, Jesus, or God, or whatever aspect of God you want to put in there because he is three in one. But he will never fail you. And what is my life apart from love? You know, if I don't have love, I'm nothing, is basically where this chapter takes us. And it tells us how, you know, love is kind. It is patient. It keeps no record of wrongs. Well, I have totally done that. But Jesus makes up for that and he covers that in grace. Anyway, we had a good talk. We had a good time. And I encourage you with your kids, if you're going over scripture, sometimes when you do it verbatim, it may not sink in. But if you kind of substitute words, like I went back later and I I had first told him, you know, this, did you know that there are verses in scripture about sports? And I talked with him about the body of Christ mm-hmm. as if it was like a sports team. And then I went back. I was like, okay, you know, it was about the body of Christ. He's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah. It
0: put it in terms that even I was appreciative more of it than maybe just reading it as the apostle Paul first read it or excuse me, wrote it just because. From that stance, it, there's a, an older style to it. And even from the um, the context of where he would write, it would be very much appointed to that particular time or era. Right. So it may make less sense to us now. But if we can establish, like, even the armor of God, Carter and I once did this thing where we made the Avengers super abilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like the, the strength of, of Captain America. Yeah, his his shield of faith. And the
1: shield. Yes, yeah. the shield. Yes,
0: that's right. So we we made it a little bit more modern so the kids could go, oh, that's kind of cool. And, yeah. Because that's what Paul was trying to convey. The kids and the people would have known the armor of the day. That would have made sense to them.
1: Have you ever uh, seen one of those? And they have all sorts of different devotionals and Bibles and things. The, the sports Bible. Yeah, for kids. Yes, uh, my mom got me that, and uh, she got it for me when I was like 17 years old, um, and it's it's more for kids. And I was like I was like embarrassed, and I was like I I don't think I can take that. To, I might take my old one. She's like, well, why? And was, she's like, it's just sports. It's not like you know Barney or anything like that. Okay, and, and I was like, uh, okay. So I take it to church. Oh, Rick Cordova. Oh, what one of my favorite people. But he goes. Is the, and he, this guy was like, you know, three years older than me. So okay. I'm 17. He's like going on 20, and he's a praising worship leader. He's so cool, you know. And he goes, "Is that the Sports Bible?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah." And I was, I started because I was kind of hiding it, you know. And I started to loosen up a little bit. About yeah. It, yeah. And he goes, "I had one of those." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." When I was
0: 11. <laughs> Rude Rick. Guess which which Bible never never came to church with me again. (laughs) Man, she might as well have gotten you the Barney Bible.
1: (laughs) So I want to ask you about, you know, we think about different roles. And I think where we lose sight a lot of the time Mm -hmm. in terms of we're a part of the body of Christ. We have a, a goal for our lives or a purpose for our lives. And I think where a lot of us get messed up is my job is just a job. So now I don't feel like I have a purpose for my life. Yeah. So how would you, because I, I I have a, a story about, you know, one of my first jobs of, I totally have the wrong mindset. And I, I think what we don't do well enough is, is realize that our job really probably ever is not our purpose. Even if it's in ministry, our purpose is to love people Wait, or to,
0: why did you ask me the question and then answer it?
1: Well, okay. Well, was that going to be your answer?
0: Maybe. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know you don't mind me talking unless I take what you're about to say. Um, How dare you. What, what would you so what what would you say if let's say Caleb said Caleb is works at McDonald's yeah. here in a few years and he just doesn't know what his purpose is. What would you tell him?
0: He doesn't know what his purpose is. Yeah. I would say your identity is not your job. Mm. Your identity is, is in the person of Jesus Christ, and it always will be. But he uses all of these things to grow us, to mature us, to stretch us. We don't ever, quote, arrive on this planet, not on this side of heaven. Nope. Nope. But, and if we do, oh my word, if I ever tell you I have arrived, please <laughs> smack me. Because Jesus is constantly wanting to grow us and challenge us. And 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 because we can't fathom the Depths of who he is. So, how in the world would I arrive? Yeah. But I, I think we do miss, misspeak when we place our identity or job description or whatever. What do you, who are you? And then you tell them what you do, your uh-huh. work title. It's like, no, I didn't ask you, I didn't ask you what you do. Who are you? What do you like? You know, so I, I think I would tell him, you are learning things that are so valuable for just growing you up. And yeah, my job is not necessarily always going to be a radio personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there were times where I even had to step back from that job, and it did mess with me a little bit because my identity got wrapped up in that. And I became a stay-at-home mom, which was the hardest job on the planet for crying out loud. And uh, that was that was strange feeling. It's like, oh, my identity has not been wrapped up in Jesus; it's been wrapped up in this. Yeah, yeah. And he said, my purpose for your life is is my purpose, and when you come in alignment with me and who I am then you stay under the umbrella of that alignment. And when you allow that to be okay, then incredible things can happen. And you can even look back in your life and say, those jobs at McDonald's, those jobs that I did, that was a part of it. But so is that moment in the grocery store line while I was waiting to get my groceries. That was a part of it too.
1: Which happened to you the other day when That's you true. saw a KSBJ listener and she told you about losing her sister yeah. earlier this year.
0: And she needed a hug. Yeah and asked me if she could have a hug. And I'm like, oh my word, yes, you can have a hug. But sometimes that is the purpose. Jesus just needs you to be available. It's not any one thing. It's all of it somehow perfectly woven together because he is a perfect God.
1: We try not to talk too much about us on KSBJ. We'll, we'll share stories, but we always try to tie it in with, with with something else. And so one thing that I probably would never say on, on KSBJ uh, is that I really do hate it when people will put you on a pedestal Uh, Just because you're on the radio uh, or you're a pastor or whatever.
0: We really try very quickly to throw ourselves off that pedestal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because if you ever listen to the morning show or this podcast, you're like, oh,
1: it's a train wreck. (laughs) Yeah. But people will go, you're on KSBJ or whatever. And it's like in the grand scheme of things, I do the school announcements. I mean, that's really like what it comes down
0: to. But they associate you with something that. God is used incredibly in your life. So this this amazing tool, music, that he uses in your life to bless you, of course, that sometimes you can associate people with that, and that's human.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's true, and it's, it's very lovely. It's just, I think, and I, I my point is, I think why I go there is because of my first job in radio. It was actually at a mainstream radio station. Yeah. And so we were playing Justin Bieber and everything else, and my what, goal... What song? Uh, Justin Bieber at the time would have been... Uh, uh, can I be your boyfriend?
0: Na, 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 na. I, uh, I'm sorry, I asked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was I think that was the hit at the time. He was just coming out of that preteen phase. Okay. And I was wrapped up in the identity of that, especially because my goal, my purpose in life, I thought, mm-hmm. was to be a Christian on the radio. Yeah. And now, granted, I I was proud of the fact that I was at least a good alternative to somebody else who could have had that job. I didn't do anything vulgar or risque. Sure. Um, but I I slowly but surely realized that if you work in pop radio, you know, you're not going to be— I mentioned I go to church and different things, but you you just need to entertain them, make them laugh, and have a contest to win all in five seconds. Like, that's just kind of how that type of radio station goes. And I, I thought I was going to be, you know, this evangelist in pop radio— and I, I didn't, I, I missed something right under my nose the whole time. Mm. The people in the building that I worked with, I, I look back now and I realize the missed opportunity, because people in that building were the ones hurting. They were mm. the ones that didn't have a relationship with Jesus. That they thought this was their, this dead end job was all there was to life. That mm-hmm. they didn't have hope. And I'm sitting here trying to make a, a, a square peg fit in a round hole mm-hmm. on the air. When of course I I I could still be encouraged. Don't get me wrong. I could still be you know a light on the air. But I think what God had for me were those people in the building mm. that I could have really had relationships and ministry moments with. And I was only there a year, and I was immature. And I I I just look back and I I see what was under my nose the whole time. And so that's another point of your job is not your purpose, but potentially the people that work
0: with you are. Yeah. I think uh, it's a little bit like school. You go through school, and as a young kid, you're wondering, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why am I mixing letters and numbers together when in <laughs> kindergarten that wasn't a thing? <laughs> and now it's happening in math class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you, your parents keep telling you, if you work hard, it will pay off. How? Well, no. scholarships. But at that point, you really have no idea what bills are or any of that nonsense, right. loans are. It's something that we're going through right now with my children and just, please, encouraging them to to do their best and trust us. You don't want to deal with debt in the future and all this stuff. And there is a purpose to all of the things that right now you do not necessarily understand. Mm. But you keep moving forward in obedience, knowing that one day God is going to work it all, not just for your good but for other people that he's placed in the li- in your life around you and uh in even that person touching another person touching another person because nothing goes wasted mm. with god
1: that's uh i think that's it usually we end with a dumb joke you have a dumb joke
0: um okay so my son actually had a really good joke oh okay 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 he said um why did the baseball player love to bake Why? Because he was a batter. (laughs) That's (laughs) that's it.
1: See, that cued the music. We had a silly joke and we cued the music. There you go. Yay, Caleb. Thanks for spending some time with us, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And
0: yay, Caleb.